Welcome to Working for Women, the independent women's forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Hello, I'm Carrie Lucas, president of Independent Women's Forum, and I'm joined by IWF policy director Hadley Manning to talk about short-term insurance plans. Hadley, before we jump in, can you tell us a little bit about what that term even means? Yeah, you know, it's something that's kind of changing now. It's a a sector of uh, insurance that's expanding because of some of the ways the Trump administration is changing regulation of these plans. But typically, someone would buy a short-term, limited-duration health insurance plan, um, you know, in in the previous world um, when they didn't have a lot of other options and when they just needed coverage for a a short period. The Obama administration limited these plans um, to a coverage period of less than three months, so something like 90 days you could have a short-term health insurance plan. Um, But now we're seeing that these plans are kind of uh, getting greater use, and we can talk about that, but they really weren't used to be, uh, weren't... um, Uh, intended to be health insurance that people would use, you know, for a period of uh, longer than a few months. Okay, but so what did what did the Trump administration change about these plans? Well, they changed the duration that people can use them for. So um, now you can use a short term limited duration insurance plan um, for up to 12 months. um, And you can also get extensions or renewals of these plans up to 36 months. So this means that basically these plans um, more or less will be interchangeable with the individual insurance plans um, that also exist on the market. Um, But the important thing to consider about these plans is that they don't have to meet all the same requirements um, that other individual market insurance plans have to meet under the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare. So under the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare, um, individually purchased insurance plans um, got brought to a very high level of regulation across all 50 states. Prior to the ACA, every one of the 50 states sort of regulated their own individual plans. Some states had very high levels of of regulation. Some states had very low levels of regulation. And um, it's not surprising, but the states with the least amount of regulation had the the cheapest individual market plans. So if you were a a young, healthy man or woman, you might be able to afford one of these plans for less than a hundred bucks a month. Um, But of course, after the ACA, we saw that um, those premiums for those plans increased dramatically. And the flip side of that coin is that the ACA tried to provide subsidies for people, especially people with lower or moderate incomes, to buy individual market plans. Um, But if you were someone who is in this market, meaning you probably don't have access to an employer, um, you know, benefit of health insurance, you're not qualified for Medicare, Medicaid or veterans, you know, benefits uh, when it comes to health insurance then you better hope you get a subsidy because we've seen these premiums for individual market plans, you know, double, triple. Um, Every year they increase by about 20 percent. So people in this particular subset of the market have had a rough ride, particularly those customers who who can't get subsidies. And so the changes to the short term limited duration insurance plans are really an effort from the Trump administration to address that particular subset of the market and and offer a new, um, you know, more affordable option for people who are there. Yeah, you know, it's that sounds this sounds like good news. I mean, this is always confusing stuff and you know there's a lot of kind of moving parts when it comes to health insurance markets, but it kind of as a bottom line, it sounds to me as as though um this is giving people a, a new a new option. And I think from any other um in kind of any other um area of life when people have new options, you know, obviously everything is voluntary, but if they have a new choice they can make, we can see that as 
we see that as something something good for people. So I'm not, I'm kind of confused as as who would be against this and what the kind of criticisms of of these reform what the criticisms would be. Yeah, well, you may recall, Carrie, in about 2013, in that fall of that year, if you were somebody who was buying your own insurance, um, you could have, it was very likely that you received a letter in the mail saying, hey, as soon as January 1st, 2014 rolls around, this plan's not going to be available anymore. We're canceling it or we're making serious changes to it. It's going to make it a lot more expensive just to meet the regulations of the ACA. I was one of those people. Uh, there were millions of people across the country who got letters like that. And uh, the response um, from people who supported the ACA generally was, well, we're better off without the, this option. We're better off without those plans, those choices for people, because those are junk plans. You know, they say they don't cover enough stuff. Um, they don't, you know, force people to buy maternity coverage. They don't force people to meet the so-called essential health benefits package um, as defined by the Department of Health and Human Services under the ACA. And it's, you're right. It's a bottom line that sort of a, um, the, the fault line lies among different philosophies. If you believe that individual consumers and patients should have the freedom to choose health insurance, even if it's more basic, even if it doesn't meet the laundry list of, of features that Uncle Sam says that every health insurance plan has to have, well, then maybe you don't like the idea that people have more options. Maybe, you know, you don't believe that people ought to be free to choose um, a skimpier plan. And skimpy is a term that people on the left like to use to describe coverage that isn't, um, you know, doesn't have all the bells and whistles. Um, but if you're someone who believes that, you know, consumers and patients are perfectly capable of, you know, understanding what they're buying and making the choices that are right for themselves, for their families, um, interpreting, you know, not just what features are covered or not covered, but what levels of risk um, financially are appropriate for them, um, then, you know, you would celebrate the fact that people have more choices, um, not just because of this change under the Trump administration, but because of a handful of changes that accompany um, this change. Uh, deregulation of short-term insurance plans. The Trump administration's also tried to expand the use of association health plans. And of course, um, President Trump signed the repeal of the individual mandate, which, you know, I kind of had a chuckle when you said everything's voluntary because it's not voluntary when there's a mandate in place that you buy this this stuff. But now it, it, it is up to consumers and um, the Trump administration's really working to expand choices. And I do want to make one note here about these plans. You know, if you're somebody who has a, a very serious health condition and, you know, if you go through a medical underwriting or if you are looking at a health insurance plan that doesn't cover a lot of stuff and you're going to be on the hook for a lot of out-of-pocket expenses, then maybe this option isn't for you. You know, I don't think the administration is... Um, you know, blind to the fact that this is not an option that's right for everyone, but they're seeking to address a subset of people in the market, you know, particularly unsubsidized, healthy customers in the individual market for insurance who have just taken a beating under the Affordable Care Act um, with a new option. And, and, you know, for those people, the premiums for these short-term limited duration insurance policies are approximately, you know, on average, I want to say about $125 a month. That's the average monthly premium for one of those plans, um, at least as measured in the fourth quarter of 2016. You compare that to uh, the same measure for an individual market plan that does meet all the ACA regulations, that's $393 a month. So wow. people who, you know, do are, are good candidates for this type of coverage are looking at saving hundreds of dollars every month. And that really adds up. So that's something that, you know, people are going to appreciate. Um, they're going to take that to the bank. 
Yeah. Well, Hadley, you know, this is such a, insurance regulations are such a confusing topic. And I really thank you for explaining to, to this to me. Um, this is one of those, I feel like often that the headlines are um, really helping us miss the big, big picture. So I appreciate your clarifying this. And thank you to everybody who's, who's listening. For more information like this, please come visit us at IWF.org, where all issues are women's issues. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by IWF.org for similar content.